This commentary was recorded before the death of the director, Michael Ferguson. It's happy times and places. You're welcome. Please come in and listen to me, Toby Haydoke, musing about a particular episode of Doctor Who chosen by a friend of mine. I have to guess what their favourite things about the episode are as I commentate along. Midway sending now, Godborough receiving now. Yes, hello everybody. I, uh, Toby, hi. I am Jay Butler-Moore and I'm a local government minion in my working life and um, a songwriter and I'm on YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff and I'm in a band called Dirge. But I'm here to talk about my seven favourite things uh, about the seeds of death. Well, welcome everybody. It's time for the final instalment of The Seeds of Death, one of the very first Doctor Who stories to be released on VHS. Uh, It's been released a couple of times on DVD. Ah! But as yet, not on Blu-ray. So who knows what delights will be in store for it then. But for now, it's being given the happy times and places commentary treatment. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Well, strictly speaking, I'm pressing select on uh, episode selection. So, yeah, I didn't get any of this uh, stuff when I first saw this. It just jumped uh, from the end of episode five to the beginning of episode six. So it's quite a surprise that this does a Perils of Pauline uh, kind of cheat because we last saw Jamie and Zoe uh, being left behind in the weather centre by the Ice Warrior. Um, oh, I've, and I've had a bit of uh, correspondence. Ding, 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 ding. Um, uh, and Sabrina Tirabassi, who is one of my valued patrons, uh, says that the opening planets bits uh, remind her a bit of uh, of Russell T Davis because uh, seasons would start, and in fact, the very first uh, thing we saw of Doctor Who when it came back was a was a a, a, a pan into the Earth, uh, slightly more sophisticated than what we see there, but I think those model shots work work very nicely so basically the doctor is being beset by balloons and foam don't try this at home even though you actually could foam with talcum powder in i guess um so you could yes this is a great one you could do uh you could do all of this at home bath time must have been uh quite a laugh um so here we go so this is this is what we saw last time we saw an ice warrior uh, approaching jamie and zoe and then going away again uh, they they do a lot of sort of walking up to things and then walking the other way, um, but now I think we get a lot of extra action. So in that it is a bit like uh, Planet of Spiders, Planet of the Spiders, uh, episode six, where we literally get half an episode. Um, but that was due more to timings being askew because of them uh, not using uh, footage that they'd shot, and so the timings were all over the place that the entire episodes had to be sort of rejigged uh whereas this is uh this is a slight cheat i love i love the way the foam gets so high it actually blocks out the the lighting uh so yeah we didn't get any of this with jamie and zoe 
Um, so obviously the cliffhanger was a bit, a uh, bit more perilous for the Doctor because the Ice Warrior was on its way. Jamie and Zoe were still in the the weather control, and the Doctor was trapped behind the door. But uh, he's now got ages uh, in 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 which to uh, escape, thanks to Jamie doing that and uh, Zoe being able to let him in. And I think she corpses, doesn't she, when she uh, when she lets him in? Uh, because Troughton is in a pesky mood this week, although that's not this week because he's on film. Uh, so that's the cliffhanger which we got before we'd seen uh, a lot of that. Uh, a lot of that stuff with Zoe and Jamie. Uh, so the interior of the door is on film as well. Just does look so much better, doesn't it? Uh, so she's going to let him in now. Uh, so we had none of that. So that's a big cheat, which Doctor Who didn't do that often. Uh, and, and you know, always used to... Because we used to watch... what We didn't watch Perils of Pauline, but yes. So uh, <laughs> Wendy Padfrey is guffawing away there. Uh, <laughs> she's having a whale of a time oh look at the way he waddles he's brilliant um, and I think she skids now as well so he will have had to have got covered in that just before they started shooting in the studio uh, and I think doesn't she go let's go this way and then slips and runs the other way anyway it's this way no I've slipped and I'm going the way you went anyway <laughs> uh, never work with children animals or foam um, hey Jenny Linden do you mean fire extinguisher um, I wonder how many of you get that joke probably loads of you um, if you're doing this you're pretty extreme if you're listening to this you're pretty extreme um, uh, so what was I talking about yes um, so we got I think we watched King of the Rocket Men and Daredevils of the Red Circle they were the sort of Sunday no they were week the BBC Two showed them about six o'clock and they were the you know the weekly cinema serials Uh that yeah you'd see somebody fall off a cliff and you go oh no they've died because they've fallen off a cliff and then the following week it was um, just about to fall on a cliff and then suddenly uh there would be loads of mattresses under the cliff and actually uh the person uh stopped the cliff from being a cliff and then the person didn't fall i mean they did so you know so many things to to mean that the cliffhanger was just was just a cheat uh which doctor who to its credit uh doesn't do very often uh, uh, but it does do there. That's not a. Uh, that, that's a, that's a very rare example of the cheat to get out of the cliffhanger. I like that the way that the uh, the, the the it has the, it has the same mirrory effect on the door. Isn't it good actually? The ice warriors. They must have had a book, mustn't they, to go ice warrior gun uh, mirrorlon uh, ice lord uh, Alan Bennion, uh just to keep continuity because it's some years between between appearances. Do you think they? Do you think they rung somebody up and say, "How do we do the Ice Warriors guns?" Or if somebody remembered, because as I say, it's we we you know we keep an eye on these things. But Doctor Who has such a lack of consistency sometimes about titles and you know just the, just the way that the, the episodes open. Indeed, because uh, this has the planets thing. Uh, the Space Pirates has the uh, has the black on white, which is uh, rather beguiling. Then the War Games has the. <laughs> uh opening um and i like it i like it that doctor who um d you know doesn't have uniform things i rather like that about uh about recent doctor who the, the the chibnall era um a bit of action here i like this this is episode six isn't it there's machine guns and that those two are going to stand there and get killed um 
But yeah, this is great. This because of course it's the final episode, so you bring out the troops. And I like the fact they've gone some effort with their guns and to have the gas, whatever they are. It's just future, future gun things. Um, oh, and the Doctor kills the ice for as well, doesn't he? Yes. He's a he's a nice chap, but he, he he will murder. But somehow this isn't as offensive as the Doctor shooting the Ogrons in Day of the Daleks. I don't know why. I'm a hypocrite. Uh, I think it's because the Doctor that the third Doctor uses a gun, whereas using solar lights is somehow better. Disintegrating an Ogron with a gun is worse than melting an ice warrior with some lamps. That's that's my morality. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I, you know, I do, I do like about the, uh, the 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 Chibdal era that you know we've had a couple of times when when the end music's been different on Rosa. There was that song, wasn't there? And, and Demons of the Pudjab, they had a different arrangement of the theme. And and actually, when a couple of times in the first episode, the woman who fell to earth, we didn't have the opening titles and the opening music. But that was clever because it meant that we we wanted we we had that thing to discover the following week. It, it, you know, there was an, another first night, if you like. Um, um. So I like it when, and we tend to think of those sorts of inconsistent. I love that the uh, ricochet effect. That is very, very cool. The way that the uh, uh, the the way that the ice warrior just goes, yeah. Uh, I got a I got a carapace, matey, and it does the ricochet noise. Um, but yes, I like it that Doctor Who doesn't do sort of uniformity. Um, fair enough. When I'm doing doing the podcasts, I. Uh, when I started doing it, I thought I have to do, you know, get the music exactly the same and do the intro in exactly the same way. And and because I think a little bit, you know, on the spec, we, we like all our spines to be the same, don't we? Come on, we're the only people from companies, maybe not the only people, but who companies, the, the company that supplies us with our thing, uh, gives us reser- reversible sleeves and caters to our everyone. I think on the latest. Uh, well, on the on the missing episodes, you get you know you get an animation, you get a black and white animation, you get a telesnap recon, you get a telesnap recon with narration and without narration. It's because somebody somewhere goes, well, I actually prefer it this way, and and I, 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 that's that's my voice when I'm being pedantic as well. We are, we are like that, but isn't that extraordinary? I mean, we're assholes, frankly. In fact, I have to have it in a particular way. Um, when when actually the show itself is not is not uniform and what i can do for for this episode because um uh, i've released the first four episodes of this before i recorded the last two i've been quite busy um i got an unexpected job and my partner's not very well um i need a holiday uh i should what i should do is i should get tommy laird to play me in a couple of episodes to buy me some time um but of course he wouldn't be able to say anything um so um Stephen White there's a lot of correspondence about Miss Kelly. Stephen White has a massive crush on Miss Kelly he says. Jason Thompson who's a a a relatively new um patron. So hello Jason. Uh you've said nice things on Twitter as well before that. Said that Greg Gagarin actually looks more like Alexei Leonov from the spacewalk on Vostok 2 rather than Gagarin on Vostok 1. Uh, which is more knowledge than I could ever claim to have, Jason. And I'm sure you're right. Uh, this is these are the reactions to episode one, of course. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so Jason obviously knows his spacemen. It's very uh, only in Doctor Who. You have to be very grim about. We need some rain. Um, uh, 
And Jason also likes the fact that, yes, there's an old guy building a rocket, when, of course, at this time, rockets to the moon were, you know, the apex uh, of, uh, of scientific uh, achievement. And, and now rockets are old hat and built by an old guy in his garden. I think I've alluded to that, um, but I do think that's... Did I even... Did I choose that as my thing? I might not have chosen that as my... As a thing yet, have I? Because that is superb. Just the 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 modern, the most modern thing that mankind has done. Its greatest achievement is now something people do in their potting shed. I love that. That's so doc too. But what I love about the Grand Marshal, apart from the fact that I just love the story of Graham Lehman and the fact that he he's he's one of the most prolific guest actors in the whole of Doctor Who, uh, with five appearances. Um, he was also served with uh, Spike Milligan. Uh, and I know when they had a when they had a reunion, uh, Graham Lehman was unable to get himself there because of his MS. So Spike Milligan took a detour to pick him up to make sure that uh, everyone was there. And, and Milligan could be tricky. Um, so, but what I love uh, about the Grand Marshal is that he speaks without hissing. Because the reason they hiss is because our air is not great for them. Ah, so not everybody just speaks in English and has the same speech patterns. Aliens have a reason for speaking the way that they do. So it means they have a distinctive voice. It gives the actors something different to do. It makes the monsters sound different. It means that you recognise them, not just from what they look like. Um, uh, so that was another thing they didn't do when they brought them back. <laughs> and, I, and I love the fact that they've gone to the thought to go, well, if the, the Grand Marshal's in their spaceship, He'll be in their own atmosphere. So he will have the... No so that's actually what the Ice Warriors sound like. They sound like Graham Lehman. Uh, and all the others are Ice Warriors struggling uh, with our, our atmosphere. Wheezing. Like my granddad, who only had one lung because he'd had TB. Um, now, I don't think that's... Because this paper... Michael Wisher said he'd come and done some voice stuff. For Michael Ferguson, and that was his first uncredited appearance. Um, and, and, but that sounded like John Whitty to me. And why would you get Ferguson? Uh, why would you get Wisher? Uh, but there may be some other voices that I've missed. Is but is Wisher in here? Was that just a, a wisherful thinking on our part? Um, and yeah, because and maybe he was getting confused because no, because he said it was with Patrick Troughton. Anyway. Michael Wisher claimed to have done something on this. Uh, and the, 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 the documents I have said, uh, Michael Wisher, other voices, but is not mentioned in the paperwork. And you go, well, so you've just done that from an anecdote. Uh, but the eagle, I, I can't listen to this when I do these podcasts because I have to talk all the time. And if I stopped and listened, um, you'd just hear bits of the programme, um, which may be preferable. Uh, uh, Richard Straw says, talk, just talk about Miss Kelly for the whole of the six episodes. I'd love to, Richard. The, the boys do like Miss Kelly. Well, uh, I've thought of some, some more descriptions of her, of her outfit. Um, uh, cause Gary Gillett particularly liked, uh, kinky armadillo gimp. Thanks Gary. Uh, as, and Gary, uh, by the way, who is also uh, a patron, uh, Congratulations for now being executive editor of Inside Soap magazine, which ironically in his first issue has a picture of me in it because I am currently in a soap opera. Um, 
uh, not one, sadly, that produces lots of suds and foam, uh, and I, which, which would enable me to pretend I'm in the seeds of death. Uh, but I came up with uh, more uh, titles for uh, more descriptions of Miss Kelly. Um, oh, a, a note, by the way, for the for the Ice Warrior demise. Uh, do we not? Yeah, that that quick cutting is very Ferguson, and it's really really effective. And the negative, it's just simple zip 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 camera uh, uh, cuts, and the and the very simple negative effect. But uh, it's really distinctive, and it really works. And I don't think I've mentioned it before. Um, but Troughton is, I mean, Troughton's just on the rampage here. But there's something, as I say, there's something less offensive um, about that. With it's interesting, isn't it? It's like, well, it's like people who, who who object to people going hunting for animals, but will buy one off a supermarket shelf. We don't mind death if it's wrapped up in in sanitized ways. Very interesting. What does that say about us? Oh, we're just awful hypocrites. Um, he's got good body language, Alan Benny, and I, I don't think I've gone on about Alan Benny enough. He's really, really good. Uh, uh, and makes this part his own. His 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 sleek body language. His uh, his uh, his excellent vocal performance. But his poise there is very very good, uh, and uh, uh, thoroughly deserves to be the person who comes back. I, th I th and to play uh, uh, the ice ice lords, um, uh, which Jay chose last week as the favourite thing, the Ice Lord. And, of course, little voice rang out somewhere going, they're not actually referred to as Ice Lords anywhere in the history of Doctor Who. This is a great shot of Troughton uh, in the foreground and, and Sla and the, and the focus pulling there. Um... <laughs> um... Anthony Carroll also got this from John Fitton Books and Magazines. And David Gillespie is going to dig out the VHS and watch for nostalgia. It's terrible. I actually got rid of my VHSs. Part of me wishes I'd kept them just because it's nice to have that tie with the past. I've just got a real pang. Uh, I actually gave them. I gave them away, though. I was moving and I put a thing on Facebook saying, can anybody use these? And the bloke said, well, my son's just got into Doctor Who and he's got his own little video and telly. So I gave, so he came round and I gave him two IKEA bags full of VHSs. I hung on to a couple for nostalgia's sake. Uh, have I got a couple? But I, I didn't hang on to the seeds of death. I don't think. And even if I did, it'll be somewhere in the attic. But I don't think I have, which actually really saddens me now. I really needed to get, in, I really needed to get rid of them. But I get really sentimental. I wasn't a massively happy kid, but little things from my childhood just i don't know i find it quite profound that these things they never age nor whether the flux nor whether they change their state and yet uh, uh so many bits of me have fallen off and out <laughs> between now and then that perhaps perhaps if i had my my vhs of uh of uh of the seeds of death it would be like a little anchor keeping me in my prime sitting there like peter pan in all its unrestored glory um um oh uh, but paul, paul that's a brilliant shot the the, the 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 that mask is so good but i do like jay's observation that yes the the more important you, you get in ice warriorville the more disco you get uh perhaps they just because they're spaceships you know they just have to home in on a signal perhaps they spend the rest of the time boogie woogieing 
Uh, somebody wrote into Doctor Who magazine asking what Troughton said then when he said there's many a slip twixt the cup and lip, which is not a, a, a saying that people use very often, but of course now it's one that is etched into my psyche. Lots of beautiful Michael Ferguson close-ups here. These are gloriously done, and it really helps with the tension. Um, his, his, his use of camera is so inventive. Uh, because he's because of course these days you'd probably tell a bit of this with with the spaceships you might even see the martians in their spaceships but you can't you have to do it through tension and tension comes from close-ups uh on your static actors very good um paul paul ingerson says that no matter how, how hard i try i won't beat the best review of the seeds of death which is on rec arts doctor who if you're if you're a patron it's uh it's under the write-up for, I think, episode two or three. Three, maybe. So check it out, because <coughs> it was very, very funny. It's it's not from Doctor Who fans. <coughs> it's very funny. Um, Stephen White uh, is appreciating Michael Ferguson's work, as we all are. Um, and it's quite a, it's quite a simple... Uh, no, be quiet, Alexa. See, just goes to show how technology can fail us. And it's 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 pretty harsh for the uh, for the Ice Warrior fleet that the Doctor <laughs> wipes out. But because he scampers about and is a bit funny, the the mass murder sort of goes unnoticed. And because they're green, and yet and yet, you know, Ogrons are are no more or less humanoid uh, and just a simple going out of focus to kill the grand marshal there but it, it means uh graham lehman gets to uh pop into doctor who uh so he's he's actually in each patrick Troughton season macroterra fury from the deep seeds of death well done graham lehman uh and yeah he comes back for colony and then the three doctors so he has quite a good run uh but i think he uh he then got gradually less able to work uh, because of his because uh, of his MS. As I say, he's in an episode of Doomwatch in uh, on crutches. Uh, you have destroyed. Uh, so uh, Miss Kelly's costume: uh, armored sex doll, uh, tire-clad secretary, kinky woodlouse, ribbed lady shape, uh, vulcanized love bot. Uh, Swingers Party, Aardvark Chick, and Ice Lady. There we go. Take your pick for those. Um, uh, yeah, Slar's reaction is it's, it's like he's so annoyed with the Doctor, it has a physical effect on him, um, uh, which which uh, Alan Bennion pulls off quite well, but there's a bit of they are restricted in their movement, so he had to do a little bit of uh, I'm 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 standing, and then I love the way he sort of deflates. <laughs> that really is a sort of um, so. Uh, and I seem to recall in uh, the book of Monster of Peladon, the 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 Ice Lord is killed by the Ice Warrior's gun in a tussle. And, and actually in the story, he's he's killed with a sword. But it seemed to me that it was a, a Brian Halesian trope to get, you know, to, 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 to manhandle one monster in order to get it to shoot the other. But of course, Brian Hales didn't actually write uh, this 
episode well Terence Dix rewrote Seeds of Death quite heavily um, so maybe uh, Terence did it in the book because it was a Terence Dix trope or maybe it was in the script uh, and Lenny Main changed it by having him killed by Azixia killed by a guard instead I don't know uh, that's a thing to find out but I certainly know that in in at the end of this and at the end of the book of Monster of Peladon, the Ice Lord is not called an Ice Lord is killed in the same way um, uh Uh, patronising snail lady um, <laughs> I've given you enough different things for Miss Kelly Philip Ray, he's in the uh, Hancock uh, 12 Angry Men episode isn't he um, uh, I like it when the yes, when the TARDIS crew just and I'm a bit like, I'm not great at goodbyes um, and I've done it before where I've just sort of absented myself, there's a couple I regret though there's a lady who was really nice to me, a dresser on a on a plane, I got a lift back and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her um Nicky, oh dear um anyway but and what fascinates me about this as well is that i take these pictures so for granted because i've seen them so many times but the very next pictures broadcast of doctor Who, the space pirates part one do not exist uh so you know separated by a week this i've seen gazillions of times and uh um the next episode I've not seen at all. Nice speed for the credits uh, and much better than the ones. Although the ones on the end of uh, the the BBC video are good because uh, they give everyone a single caption. But uh, the order is all over the place, as I'm sure Christopher Cole's agent would have brought up if they'd had anything about them. Um, so there we go. That is the end of uh the seeds of death paul allen uh, comes back to design spearhead from space and horror fang rock don't think i've ever seen an interview with him i think he's no longer with us next week the space pirates not for us next week oh well next week um <laughs> i know what it is because uh, i'm so close to transmission as it were uh next week everybody is the impossible planet and the Satan Pit. Uh, and then after that, it's Inferno. So there you go. You've got an exclusive just because um, uh, I have actually recorded those, but I needed to do a Troughton first. Uh, I don't know why. I think because it doesn't matter. You don't care. You don't know. It, you don't need to know. Um, this is for the historians of the future to discover. Now, listen, what's Jay? Jay has got to choose. Uh a thing about episode six and a thing overall. My thing about episode six is the fact that the Grand Marshal, and again, this is an echo of what Jay chose for episode five. So I, I've, I've, I've lost this one. I know I've lost this one. But is the fact that the Grand... I love the brilliance and attention to detail that the Grand Marshal, in his own environment, speaks uh, in a different way from the Ice Warriors who are struggling to speak in our atmosphere. I love that. It's very clever. And it's just one of the little things about the Ice Warriors that, that, that just makes them slightly more rounded and thought about as, as monsters, which is why they're in the sort of top top five of Doctor Who villains. So well done to them. Not villains, monsters. Monsters and villains are different. Uh, and my overall thing, I think, 
because I don't think I've chosen this, is the whole idea that spaceflight and landing on the moon, which is so current to the people watching the show when it went out, Doctor Who goes, ha that's going to be something an old man can do in his shed. And we've moved beyond that. We've got matter transportation in the future. And you know your brave new world you're living in. It's a quaint old thing in Doctor Who world. Even though Doctor Who still has pencils and clipboards and plugs. Uh, so uh, I love the fact that it's thinking of all, to, all ways of going, yeah, but even the best that we can do now in the great world of the future when they when they have the outlines of their pants on their trousers when the ladies are dressed as, uh, yeah, uh, 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 rubber sex mollusks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, uh, yeah, Barbie crustaceans. Um, uh, even in the future, uh, uh, in, in that in that in that in that future, um, where the men wear fuzzy felt and the ladies wear rubber, um, your rockets, your moon landings, pa, they will be nothing. They will be quaint. They will be old-fashioned. They will be ramshackle. Uh, and I love the idea that today's Spangly is tomorrow's ramshackle um, because it keeps us in our place a little bit. And ramshackle Doctor Who does well. The TARDIS is the best space time ship in the world. In, in in fiction in in it's it's the best piece of technology in most of the stories it's in and it looks like a shabby blue box it's not glistening it's not glittery it's not sparkly it's not spangly it's a bit knackered a bit ramshackle but it it somehow manages to do miracles it's a bit like us at our best <laughs> a bit like doctor who love it love it so that very wheeze is my bonus thing so jay's going to choose two things and they are. So number six, I just would like to mention the humour in the whole serial, really. Most of it from Patrick Troughton, obviously. Um, the stuff like with the phone when he falls in, I know it's unintentional, but when he falls through the door and um, Wendy Padbury is like laughing and it's just fantastic. Um, I think that's one of those all time great kind of TV sort of blooper moments. Um, and all of Patrick Troughton's lines like, um, kill him. Oh, I suppose I could get the hang of it. And wonderfully, when he's looking for the, to shut the door and he goes, um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. It's got a shut on it. I mean, it's just fantastic. Uh, the way he's just always going like, my word, my word, my giddy arm. Oh, it's just so funny. It makes me laugh so much. Um, so yeah, the humour. Uh, yes, that's the that's I love. It. Well, I suppose I could get the hang of it. It's that's so dry and so funny. Um, I think he goes as far as he should, and maybe slightly too far, as I say, with the hand uh, at the end of episode five. I d he's very good at falling into foam though and sliding about and the waddle. He is he's a brilliant physical comedian, uh, but he t he gets quite close to the line in this story, I would say. But he's so good, he's got such gravitas such a good actor and he's so intelligent uh he never loses his dignity when even he never loses his dignity even when he's pratting about he's so good he's so good i love doc too <laughs> um, bonus thing so that's number seven i was gonna 
talk about things like the concept of the story being old a technology being replaced by new technology. Um, but I'm going to just have as my seventh thing the fact that everyone, apart from Miss Kelly, wears kind of funky space pants. So that's it. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Jay, you nearly chose my thing and instead you chose the thing that I think's worst about it, which is the funky space pants. Oh, Jay. Um, well, there we go. Jay and I have never met, but I love Jay on the internet and we're Facebook friends. Uh, and I reached out and uh, Jay chose the seeds of death. Jay chose uh, seven things about the seeds of death. I think I chose one of the same things, which was the chase uh, in, uh, in uh, episode three. But it's not. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And unlike TMAT, it's not a thing that takes a split second. Uh, it's a thing that has lots of different twists and turns. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed twisting and turning around the moon with me and with Miss Kelly uh, and uh, with uh, Terry Scully, who also was one of my favourite things, but uh, Jay pipped me to the post. But anyway, I enjoyed watching The Seeds of Death. I hope you enjoyed it with me. I'm sorry that currently uh, there's lots of happy times and places and not so many too much informations, which are I know are the most popular strand of this uh, podcast. But uh, the one I'm working on at the moment has taken twice as long because it's it's well, it's about the development of the Daleks and I want to get it right. Uh, and also, as I say, my, my other half's not been terribly well and uh, I got an unexpected job. So I'm still producing material and uh, and and the next too much information is due very, very soon. Uh, but uh, these are obviously slightly quicker to do. And I nearly didn't get these out on time. I mean, yeah, I should really be in bed because uh, I'm working again tomorrow. So um, before I... Uh, uh, go to a, 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 a fictional place slightly closer to earth um, but with like the seeds of death uh, plenty of soap suds uh, thank you for supporting these podcasts as I say apologies about too much information um, that the, the, I was hoping to get them out once a month but these these are slightly quicker to do so uh, um, that's why I've I filled gaps in the schedule with hastily recorded but no less uh, effort i hope an application put in um i'll never quite know what i think of the seeds of death because it's such an anomaly because it was it was the first vhs because it was never missing uh uh and and uh, and, and it wasn't really written about much prior to it being on vhs either because sort of it was known to exist so it was just sort of like well it's not a loss we don't we it's not we're not tantalized by it so I don't, I don't know what I think of it. I like it. I'll never choose it as a favourite, but I don't think that's its fault because I, I don't think there's much wrong with it, apart from the men's costumes. Um, and it's probably production-wise, especially with Michael Ferguson's direction, as good as any of those sort of, as I say, a lost classics that we think so much about. But it's because perhaps I should go missing. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps I'll be... Well, I often say that when I'm doing my stand-up, people appreciate me when I'm dead. Uh, perhaps that's it. Perhaps, perhaps you only—it's only when people can't have you anymore 
that they start to appreciate you. So my, my ex-wives will be crying into their pillows. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, I'll have that. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, Seeds of Death. I think you probably, your reputation would be higher. I don't think many people dislike it, do they? It's a, uh, uh, and Jay obviously doesn't. But I, I, I think you might have benefited from uh, doing what Peter Kay does. You know, he, he, he doesn't, uh, the comedian Peter Kay, he doesn't do something every year. He, he limits the amount that we see him. And if you limit your exposure, people want you more. So what you should have done, Seeds Death, is after you'd been out on VHS, you just said, I'm not coming. Let, make me the last DVD. Then people will really want me and appreciate me. Um, and I have to say, it did take on another lease of life being being remastered for dvd having having had it on the uh only on the uh the edited vhs uh, which i think i did did i have i must have i i must have had an episode version or did i do you know what? I, i'm not sure that i did i think i'd seen it anyway you don't need to get into that but did i did i not have an episode no i must have done because i because i know that pyramids of mars was pretty much the last because I, I had the edited version of that. And I, I think I'd got a UK gold version of this. I think I'd got a UK gold version of this, uh, just which 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 gave me the episode endings. Yes. Yes. Oh, I bet you're glad you knew that. How long is this goodbye? It's taking forever, especially as I'm supposed to be in a hurry. I'm going away now. Uh, I've taken long. It would have taken, you'd have you've got, got to the moon quicker via TMATS than I took to end this episode. But it's nice to talk to you, actually. Um, and uh, it's nice to know that you're there. And I hope you enjoyed that episode and that story as much as I did. I wonder if you like the seeds of death. I wonder if you take it for granted. I wonder if you, who are perhaps listeners who weren't of the time when it came out on VHS in edited form, and you just came to it as a story, I sort of envy you in a way, because you probably have a, a more rounded view of it. But then again, it was, oh, it was so amazing have six episodes of black and white in my hand on my shelf or oh. anyway uh i'll see you some other time uh, a time that will be happy in a place that i hope will be the same thanks for listening ta-ta In this instalment of Happy Times and Places, Jay Butler Moore was extolling the virtues of episode 6 of The Seeds of Death. For your host, that's me, Toby Haydock, who is indebted to patrons of this podcast series, who include Paula Reynolds, Alex Rowan, Darren Rule, Gavin Rymill, Tom Selinsky, Samuel, Edward Salt, John Sheehan, Paul Shields, Richard Smith, David Spencer, David Spofforth, Adam Stone, Paul Taylor-Greaves, Jason Thompson, Sidney Trout, John Turner, Gary Wales, Alistair Wallace, Gavin Ware, Peter Ware, Kevin West, Rich Wiggins, John Williams, Sidney Wilson, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, and Ruben Herfindahl. The music for these podcasts is composed by Dave Gates, and the artwork is by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Toby There are bonus releases. All the material comes out well in advance of, if you're not a patron, now when you're listening to this. Uh, and there are tiers where you can get other stuff, although it's fairly egalitarian. Most people get most stuff at the base level, at the entry 
point, which is £3 per month. And you even get 10% off that if you uh, decide to sign up for a year in advance. However, I know times are tough, and uh, so you could do something that costs absolutely nothing at all, which is go to iTunes or any of those places where you get these podcasts and give these five stars and perhaps leave some nice positive words because that uh, that just tickles the old algorithms and uh, algorithms can go a bit stale if they don't have a little bit of uh, tickling every now and again. So uh, get your fingers out and uh, get them moving up and down and my algorithms will buzz with appreciation. I'm talking rubbish now, so I'm going to stop. Follow me on Twitter at Toby Haydoke or these podcasts which have their own feed at Haydoke Podcasts. Come and see me at my live comedy club every Tuesday in Manchester, UK at 8pm. Excess Malarkey at the Bridgehead in Manchester. And if that's quite a trek, well, we also do it online. Once a month, the first Sunday of every month on twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey at 8pm. And that is absolutely free. Oh, there was the odd stumble there, not a classic set of outros, but if you thought they were bad, well, you should have a listen to my first attempt. Oh, go on then. And hey, look, if you can or are so inclined, check out my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. There is bonus material there. There is exclusive material there. There is early material there. And there are other goodies available if you would care to become a patron, which costs as little as £3 per month. Uh, although you get 10% off that if you apply for a year in advance apply that makes it sounds like it's a post that i'm going to bestow upon you you don't have to apply you've passed you've passed the application just by being there um but uh, yeah if you want to do that that helps to keep these going uh and uh, for me to keep uh, getting them out as quickly as i possibly can uh, and as i say there are advantages to so beep, beep.